Bangor Abbey. The abbey was originally founded by St. Comgol in 558 AD, and it has been an important place of Christian worship ever since. Comgol was born into a noble aristocratic family in around 516 AD, near present-day Mahramorn, on the northern shores of Belfast Loch, County Antrim. He studied under some of the most influential early Irish saints, including St. Fintan of Clonina, Finian of Clonard, Moviclarnach at Glasnevin, and Ciaran of Clonmacnoise. He became great friends with Colum Kill, who went on to establish a number of famous monasteries, including that of Iona. In the initial stage of its foundation, the Monastery of Bangor probably shared many of the typical features of early Irish monasteries in terms of construction. It would have been surrounded by one or more deep ditches with embankments which demarcated and separated the various zones of the monastery for different uses. The outer area was typically used for everyday practical and secular functions like metalworking, crafts, trade, markets, whereas the inner enclosure was usually reserved for spiritual practice, with religious buildings including the church and graveyard. Most of the buildings of Comgall's monastery would have been made of wood. In fact, the old Irish word for church, dar yach, derives from the old Irish for oak house. The buildings were likely to have been post and wattle structures, made from intricately woven hazel branches and upright wooden posts. It was not until the time of Malachy in the 12th century that the wooden buildings were replaced by stone. Comgol was known for his extremely harsh and austere way of life. Nourishment consisted only of bread, water and vegetables, with milk being allowed for the elderly and sick. Comgol is reputed to have served penance by reciting his prayers whilst immersing himself in the freezing waters of the small stream that ran alongside the abbey. The rule of Comgol, by which the lives of the monks were ordered, has unfortunately not survived. Though it is possible to get a glimpse of the harsh life through the rules laid down by Comgol's pupil, Columbanus, whose rule for the monks of his foundation at Luxeu has survived. It reveals a harsh and severe life for the monks, with no concessions to body or soul. Let him come weary to his bed and sleep walking, and let him be forced to rise while his sleep is not yet finished. The key rules demanded obedience, poverty, silence, humility and chastity, as well as having a shaved head, known as a monastic tonsure. Despite the harsh discipline, Bangor Abbey gained a reputation as one of the greatest monasteries of Europe, and it attracted students from all over Ireland and Britain. One of the most notable was, of course, Columbanus. Other famous saints who studied under Comgall's rule at Bangor include Melruva, who founded numerous monasteries in Scotland, St Macuda, also known as St Carthage, who founded the monastery of Lismore in County Waterford, and St Melua, who founded monasteries in Monaghan and Leash. At its height, it is thought that over 3,000 monks lived in the monastery of Bangor. Monks and missionaries from Bangor established successful monasteries all over the continent, as well as Ireland, and we will continue this tale later on our tour.
the monastery suffered in subsequent centuries. It was savagely plundered during Viking raids in 823 and 824. During these raids, the Vikings are said to have slaughtered 900 monks and destroyed the shrine of Comgol. The abbey was raided again in the middle of the 10th century and the abbot of Bangor was murdered. These attacks by the Vikings on Bangor Abbey and the collapse of the monastery's secular patrons, the E. Achach Arda, led to the ruin and eventual abandonment of the abbey until Malachy's renewal in the 12th century, when the abbey was rebuilt in stone. Initially, Malachy's plan to build a large stone church in the style of those he had seen on the continent was met with strong opposition by conservative locals. In his document, The Life of Malachy, St Bernard of Clairvaux recounts the confrontation between Malachy and an objector. But that worthless fellow, presumptuous and arrogant as he was, not only wondered, but was indignant. And he became a tale-bearer among the peoples, now disparaging secretly, now speaking evil openly, drawing attention to Malachy's frivolity, shuddering at the novelty, exaggerating the expense. Then, with many whom he was able to persuade, he went down to the place and, finding Malachy, accosted him. Good sir, why have you thought to introduce this novelty into our regions? We are Irish, not French. What is this frivolity? What need was there for a work so superfluous, so proud? Where will you, a poor and needy man, find the means to finish it? Cease! Cease! Desist from this madness! If not, we shall not permit it. We shall not tolerate it. To him, Malachy spoke quite openly. Wretched man, the work which you see begun and on which you look so askance shall undoubtedly be finished. Many shall see it finished. But you, because you do not wish it, will not see it. And that which you wish not shall be yours. To die. Take heed that you do not die in your sins. And so it came to pass. The man died and did not live to look upon the finished works. Later, during the rule of the Anglo-Normans in the medieval period, the abbey fell under the auspices of the Augustinian order. Little remains of this phase, though the tall tower of the present abbey church dates back to the 14th century. If you look closely above the door and window, you can still see the medieval stone sculptures of human heads, possibly representing church figures or patrons. By the time of the Reformation and dissolution of the monasteries under King Henry VIII, Bangor had fallen back into decline. It was surrendered for dissolution by the last abbot, William O'Dornan, in 1542, and the abbey, with all its vast lands, fell under the control of the crown. The ruined church was rebuilt as a parish church as part of the vast redevelopment of Bangor under Sir James Hamilton in the early 17th century. The master mason responsible for the rebuild was William Stenners, who had a great reputation for his work across Ireland. He constructed a plain, rectangular structure without a chancel or transepts, and with two small windows at the eastern end. It was attached to the medieval tower though it was without a steeple at this time. Stenners died in 1626, and you can still see his tombstone near the vestry entrance of the church. 
Inside the church, you can discover a number of memorials and features that help to tell the story of Bangor and North Down through the centuries, including the Rathgale drum, that is a reminder of the troubled times during the 1798 rebellion. The drum bears the names of the battles of Saintfield and Balnahinch, fought by the local yeoman infantry under James Dowsett Rose Cleland. He raised the militia, which was mainly composed of orange yeomanry of the district, at his own expense. By the 1870s, it was clear that this small parish church was no longer big enough to cope with the growing population of Bangor, and work began to construct St Congal's Church of Ireland, which was finished by 1899. The church at Bangor Abbey was extensively restored in the 1960s. Of the original parish church, only the walls, tower and spire remain. During the restoration, great care was taken to harmonise the new with the old. A large mural, painted by Kenneth Webb, harks back to the original monastic foundation of the Abbey. It depicts Christ ascending into heaven, with the famous Bangor saints Comgall, Columbanus and Gaul at his feet. If you have the time, we recommend exploring Bangor Abbey's graveyard trail to discover some of the fascinating historical graves and memorials that surround the Abbey. Among the gravestones, you can find that of Dr John Edward Simpson, the surgeon for second-class passengers on the ill-fated liner Titanic. Eyewitness accounts from survivors depict him as a noble hero who helped many passengers into lifeboats. Unfortunately, like so many others, he was lost when the Titanic sank on the 15th of April, 1912. Other residents of the graveyard include Archibald Wilson, who at the age of 26 was captured and hanged at Bangor Pier, along with two others, for insurgency during the 1798 rebellion. And the grave of Sir John Newell Jordan, a native of Bangor who rose to become one of Britain's most eminent diplomats in the late 19th century serving with particular distinction in the Far East and China. When you are ready, continue your journey through Bangor's Christian history at St Comgall's Roman Catholic Church. Please turn to the next track, St Comgall's Church. <laughs>